Hello, I'm Ray. I just wanted to put a quick content warning on this episode. Uh, Dragon's Conquer America is a game that deals with themes of colonialism and oppression, as well as racism and all kinds of prejudice and things like that. Um, I think that our game was probably a little light on those themes, mostly because I was nervous uh, about portraying that too strongly, which probably was a bit disingenuous. Uh, this game as a whole uh, kind of uh, has a similar vibe running through it. So if listening to a game about, uh, about that would make you uncomfortable, uh, I have no problem with you tuning out. Uh, but that's just a bit of a content warning for you. Thanks. Hi, I'm Raymond, and you're listening to Insert Quest here. Today's quest is Dragons Conquer America. This is a first look at Dragons Conquer America by us. Uh, we have not really played this game before. We've had a little bit of a look at it. Uh, over the last few weeks to try and understand how the game should be played. Uh, but uh, let it be clear that uh, we have only a passing understanding of the mechanics of this game. Uh, we've all uh, attempted to uh, learn as much of it as we can, but we're going to get some stuff wrong, uh, and that's just going to be the nature of the first time you're playing. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Uh, when we're done recording this, we're going to send this off to uh, Burning Games, who are the people that make Dragons Conquer America. They're currently running a Kickstarter, so if you like the sound of this game, you can go check out uh, the Kickstarter for Dragons Conquer America by Burning Games uh, and uh, and see what that's about. Uh, we're going to be sending this playtest information and feedback back to them uh, so that we can hopefully help them make their game a bit better. Uh, but let's uh, jump into it uh, by having our players introduce themselves, starting with... Hello all, this is Micah. I am playing Sebastian Alonso. I am the group's Catholic priest. Wonderful. And I'm Jen. I'm going to be playing Maria, the Spanish-Mexican, sorry, fighter-type character. She's... Um, me. She's what, sorry? She's a Spanish um, culture... Catholic religion noble character. Cool. Alright. I am Dave. I am playing uh, Sitali. is a male uh, local native to the region. Um, looks like I'm kind of a stealthy guy. See how that goes. Wonderful. I'm Mira. I'm playing Jadziri, who is a female of the local area, and I am an actress cool uh and yeah you've all sort of joined this adventuring party uh now uh before we get started does everyone have their deck of cards set up and ready to go yes yes all right, so yeah. uh you don't need a hand yet we draw a hand at the beginning of a scene uh but uh put that deck uh somewhere close to you so that you can draw it uh and it's important to note before we start play that you're not allowed to tell the other players what cards you have in your hand. Uh, you can. You also can't directly talk about what's in your hand, so you can't say, oh, well, I probably have a bonus of this to that. You can only talk in vagaries that are kind of connected to the narrative. So, for example, I might have a lot of high-cost cards uh, in my hand. I can't say I have a lot of high-value uh, high, uh, cards, or I can't say, oh, I've got pretty good bonuses. I can, however, say... Uh, well, uh, 
Jitsiri is feeling exceptionally confident uh, about being able to deal with the challenges that lay ahead. Uh, or if, if you've got a bunch of low co- uh, low value cards, you might be like, mm, I'm a bit concerned about the difficulty of the challenges ahead. Uh uh, you also might say things like, oh, I'm feeling a bit tired or something like that. But uh, try and make it clear that you're referring to the way that your character feels. So you, yeah, when you want to convey to the other characters how confident uh, you are in passing a, passing a role, you have to talk about it in uh, in-universe terms, basically, as if your character was attempting to describe how confident they feel in accomplishing a task, uh, which I think is an interesting rule, considering that this card uses decks of cards, and so you have a little bit of predictability about how um, you're going to get through an encounter, because you can kind of plan it out. Um, you're not relying on the randomness of the card of dice rolls each time, so I find that interesting. It en- enables a little bit of pre-planning and strategy. Um, but we're going to be running through their pre-made adventure. Um, this is, so I believe that they're going to have a kind of a living campaign thing going on, um, with this game, which means that there's going to be somewhat of a meta narrative to the game, I think. Uh, but the results of various, um, pre-run scenarios, people are going to be able to send in how they did their play reports and things like that. And, uh, and then that'll determine what happens in the next adventure, I believe is the kind of idea that they're going for. Um, either way, this is episode zero, the introductory adventure. It is called the Coatl Stone. Um, it is apparently a short adventure. adventure. It has three chapters. We're going to try and get through all of them, but we'll see what happens. Um, if we don't get through all of them, then we won't get through all of them. Um, but either way, uh, I'm sure we're going to have a great time. So I'm going to start off with a little bit of, uh, preface, um, bit of text. Um, so where is my, I, I rewrote some of their stuff here. So, uh, this game takes place, uh, in the 16th century, I believe, uh, in, or maybe the 15th century. Uh, but either way, it's during the time of the Spanish uh, colonization, early Spanish colonization uh, and conquest in the Americas. Uh, the game supposedly, uh, from what we've seen and what we've heard about it, has a bit of a focus on um, it's set in this historical time, but they want to encourage the players to try and change the future uh, and things like that. If they, if they, if that's a thing they're interested in, um, this is an ultimate setting uh, in that this universe is very similar to the one we know, except that there are dragons, uh, and dragons are real, and that and people know dragons are real, and people see dragons. Uh, and there's a few interesting rules about dragons. For example, rule uh, dragons will only accept female riders. Um, they will never accept a male as a rider ever, ever, ever. Um, no one's really sure why. Um, dragons just will only allow women to ride them. They're sexist. Uh, <laughs> sure. Um, and uh, another part of that, uh, when I first heard this, I thought, oh, well, then wouldn't that mean women would have a stronger power, power structure in Europe, considering that all of the all of the various kingdoms have their own dragon riding um dragon rider warriors and things like that but due to the low birth rate of dragons it means that there are not a shitload of dragons so um uh 
the women have a slightly improved place in this time setting, a time period than we would expect from history, but it is not, uh, it is not everything. Uh, basically it just means that women can join the military. Uh, but, uh, other than that, they're still kind of considered by a lot of people, unfortunately, a little bit below men, but they can rise above that, uh, to a degree. Um, uh, so that's a choice that the game has made. Uh, so let's jump into this wall of text. Uh, near the area of the New World, where the Spaniards first landed, are ruins of an ancient culture. This culture is referred to as the Olmecs, and there isn't a lot of actual information about them, but there are a lot of rumours. Lots of their ancient sites have been rediscovered by Nahua, ex Nahua? Nahua explorers who have fed the legend of uh, these people to others. Uh, one such myth uh, is the Coatl Temple, a legendary and undiscovered old Mecca ruin that many Nahua uh, explorers and travelers claim to have seen or heard about during their travels through the eastern roads. Uh, according to the legend, the Coatl uh, Temple was built by an ancient caste of Olmeca wizard priests that one day turned into dragons and flew away from the mortal world. The many versions of the story uh, variously hold that the Coatl priests were the first tribe to breed and rear uh, Zehul-Coatl dragons, or that they hunted dragons and used their blood to give themselves long life, or that they were descendants of dragons themselves. Many a legend exists about the Coatl uh, ruin and its priests, but that's all it has ever been, a legend. But that changed when Father Gaspar Hernandez heard the tales and decided to go look for the Coatl temple. Uh, his diary was found as a relic in, Hispaniola's, uh, in Hispaniola and claims that he reached the temple. Uh, it is believed that the man himself must have perished somewhere in the jungles. The diary also holds that the temple's purpose was to guard a kind of gigantic stone or jewel, likely worth a king's ransom. Mentions of such a gem, which Father Hernandez called the Coatl Stone, honoring the legends about the old ruin, sparked the greed and imagination of many a Spanish trailblazer and opportunist. However, the secret of the temple's exact location seems to have died with Father Hernandez, who apparently was caught and flayed alive by some Mayan or Nahua uh, tribe uh, that didn't take kindly to foreign looters, even if they were pious and free of sin. Uh, here's where the legend becomes interesting, where it crosses into the present. According to the diary, Hernandez did draw a map of the Coatl Temple's location. He drew it on his skin. He claimed he had the map tattooed to avoid it falling uh, into the wrong hands. It was an interesting passage as the father's body was never recovered. Uh, or so it was believed. Uh, someone has come into possession uh, of the... Uh, of the uh, skin, uh, this cured human skin uh, with a Mayan map drawn on it. It was passed around various hands and such, 
uh, in various uh, towns uh, before finally being given to Captain Lorenzo de Medina, a Spanish uh, Hidalgo. Hidalgo? I'm not quite sure what that word means. Hidalgo? Hidalgo, an explorer. Um, He arrived two years ago looking for land, treasure, and a power base in the Indies, uh, along with a small troop of more or less loyal mercenaries and gentlemen of fortune. Uh, after a failed inland trip, uh, De Medina came across the flayed skin of Father Hernandez uh, with the co- Coatl treasure map, and he immediately began preparing for an excursion to find it. Uh, he seems confident that he will be successful. Um, however, what he didn't quite count on was that uh, Quixum, or Quixum, yeah, Quixum, uh, one of his native guides recognize the area shown on the map. Uh, Quixum is a Huastec woman uh, and knew the Coatl ruins only from legend, but she identified some of the landmarks and decided to mount her own hunt for the treasure, even convincing some of Demedina's men to betray him for her. Unfortunately, the captain killed uh, Quixum for treason, but she had already managed to gather a small band of freelancers and deserters. This is you. Uh, she gave them her own directions uh, to the Coatl Temple, and with uh, these mercen and uh, these mercenaries have decided to uh, head out on their own. You have already over- overtaken uh, De Medina and are about to beat the Spanish forces to the temple. However, what you will find there remains to be seen. So this is you. You are this small band of uh, adventurers and mercenaries made up of both natives and Spaniards uh, who are uh, attempting to reach this uh, temple. Um, So with that, is everyone ready to begin? Yeah. Yeah? Let's do it. (laughs) Big, big ass fucking wall. And that is about half the amount of text that the game actually gave us. I attempted to summarize it as much as I could. Uh, thankfully, that's on the only real massive wall of text in it presented in the game. Um, but they do have some pre-written descriptions and stuff for us, uh, and I'm going to use those as where I can. Um, it's worth noting I'm not exactly familiar with running pre-written adventures. I have read a few of them, uh, and often I've been like, oh, this is too difficult to run because they tend to be too complicated um, just for my game design tastes. This one, not so much. Uh, and I was very pleased by that. Uh, so let's uh, kick things off. Um, there is a cacophony of complaining macaws as you step out of the jungle shrubbery and into a heavily wooded slope. Down the slope, you can see a winding river, beyond which there is smoke and thatched houses of an inhabited village. This at least proves part of the legend true. There are indeed people living this deep into the jungle. But the definitive comp- uh, confirmation that you're on the right track is what appears beyond this surprising view. Just behind the village, perhaps 600 metres into the wood, the mists mark the silhouette of a building, an ancient pyramid, completely overgrown with moss and vines, ingrained with the ancient spirits of lost people, the Coatl Temple. What do you guys, or you people, do? 
Uh, you have been traveling for some time, making quite uh, quick haste uh, to try and reach this temple uh, before the uh, before uh, Demedina. Uh, and it seems like you've you've gotten here. Uh, so what are you gonna do? I'm gonna push forward. Hmm? I suggest we go. I suggest we go right in. Take start taking a look around. Seems to be where we need to be headed, right? Yeah. Then we're trying to beat somebody. I think we should be careful about this. Hmm. Well, we can only afford to be so careful, but you're right. We will keep our eyes open as we head in. So you're going to walk down into the village? Is that what I'm hearing? Um, so the temple is beyond the village. So you guys okay. have the village between you and the temple. Okay, I misunderstood that. Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, so there's Jeez. so it's, it, it says in the text, uh, uh, just behind the village, perhaps 600 meters into the woods, you see the silhouette through the mists of the temple. Right. Do we want to? Do we want to stop to see the villagers, or do we want to head straight in for the temple? Hmm. Well, it might be best to to go see the villagers first, because you know they may not want us going straight for the temple. You know, they may get a little hostile if we just parade straight to it. Exactly. They may also just take a, you know, they may not enjoy our presence at all, being that they are possibly heathens. Sure. Be. Uh, let's make our presence known and then continue on. With or without their approval, I'm sure we can find our way in. Hmm. Um. Do, 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 do. All right. Cool. Uh, so you guys are going to head down the hill towards the village through the kind of trees of this hill. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, so as you head down uh, the hill, uh, you see a group of squat. Muscular men filled with tattoos and ceremonial piercings are walking towards you. One of them raises his hand and talks to you in a language you don't recognize at first. Uh, so he's saying something to you as he walks towards you. I, I turn to uh, the other two that are with us. Do you understand what they're saying? Mm, not really. No. Uh, well... Um, you can try and make a check if you want to try and understand the language, try or at least try and work out what they're saying. All right. Maybe like a perception or knowledge. Um, perception or knowledge, both work. All right. Uh, so, uh, so I probably should have done this when I did my description, but th- we'll mark this as the beginning <laughs> of the scene. Uh, everyone okay. needs to draw seven cards from their deck. Dave, look at the chat. Everybody got their seven cards? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Cool. Uh, so, uh, Dave, I believe your character was going to try and understand uh, the language or try and discern what they were saying. Yeah. Yeah. I'll do that. Uh, see if we can... And your character speaks Nautil? I think it marks uh, on the character the languages they speak. You know, I, I don't... don't... Um, yeah, I don't see. Yeah, see that, but it might be nope. up on the other sheets. No, no, no. Let me check for you. Um, okay. Da, 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 da. Um, so we want. Um, 
Yeah, all right. So it doesn't actually say if you speak extra languages or something like that, as far as I can tell, which is fine. We can work with that. Um, Sue, I think that you would speak now, considering that that is, you know, the language of the area you are from. Mm. Um, chance. So, um, um, do, 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 interesting. All right. So make me the check. Uh, you need to place uh, cards, uh, and you're and you're trying to reach a number that you don't quite know what it is. So you can yes. play as many or as few cards as you want. Um, but uh, you are doing. Are you going for knowledge or perception? You can use either for this check. I will have to use perception. My right. knowledge is bad. So what well, is I your can't... what is your base perception? It should be the number written next to that skill. Three. All right. Uh, so, uh, how are you going to, uh, are you going to play any cards? Yes, definitely. Definitely. Now, if I remember right, the number of boxes filled in on this sheet are the number of cards I can play for it. Yes, correct. Okay. All right. Well, I don't need the two that I have. Now, the thing I'm trying to remember as well is what, um, like what, what suit does what in... What suit uh, so, would I need to use for this? I should put so it that way. So you can way. use any suit if you want, but if you want to immediately replenish a card, uh, you should use the social uh, suit. Okay. Suit of social is hearts. So if uh, if Dave plays a card um, that has a heart as its suit, uh, he will get to immediately draw another card uh, rather than having to wait for the end of the scene. Okay. Well, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to... I can tell you what card I'm playing, right? I know you we will couldn't have talk. to tell me. You'll have to tell me. Well, yeah. What card okay. But yes. Once you've already Bad. chosen the card you're playing, you can then say the card. All right. I am playing the Six of Hearts, which is a social. Wonderful. So immediately for another card. card. All right. From your deck. Okay. Uh, and so, uh, are you playing any other cards? Uh, no. No, I think right. uh, if I if I got this right, that's a now a nine. So what uh, is your uh, perception? So that's a nine, right? Okay. That is a nine. So your perception is three? Yes. Uh, So um, because you are a a Nahuatl Nahuatl speaker, uh, the difficulty of this check is plus three. (laughs) So I got a 12. Yeah, indeed. Uh, no, 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 no. The difficulty of the check is plus three, meaning that you have to get three or higher to beat it. So you oh, still, got, okay. still got nine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, we're having a bit of trouble with uh, Dave's <laughs> mic uh, at the moment. Uh, so when that happens, uh, we're going to persevere as we can. Uh, but that's just going to be a thing that uh, you all are going to have to uh, accept. We've tried to solve it. Um, that's just uh, it's just a glitch that we're getting. Um so Just randomly say robot. Indeed. Sometimes it works. Sometimes his mic is fine. Like for the majority of that scene, fine. And then it just stops working. Uh, Horrible. So, Out of curiosity, um, if he scored five or better, does that make it a critical or is there still some other rules for that? Um, we can go check the critical rules if you'd like. Give me one second. This page is 65. Um, critical page success. 31. When successful, successful by five or more points, yes. Uh, 
then the action is a critical success and will be successful with positive consequences. Hmm. When dealing damage, opponent falls Um. Sure. Um. Yes, there will be a positive consequence uh, for this. Uh, the person seems. This person seems to like your demeanor. There's something about you uh, that they that they like. The fact that you're, uh, you seem to be taking some initiative. Um, uh, so they're going to. You've got them on your side. Um, so it would appear that these people are trying to get you to identify yourselves. Um, but they don't seem to share a common language with you. You can, you get something of an impression that that's what they want. That seems to be, that's, that's pretty standard custom. Introduce yourself as you approach. Uh, but they don't seem, uh, to, they don't seem to speak a word, uh, a word, uh, in common with you. So what do you guys do? Uh, I try to introduce myself. Sure. I guess. How do you introduce um, yourself? Well, I, I, I guess I would try to talk. I'd say, "Hi, I'm Jaziri." Do I have um, to pull a card or something? Like, I don't. No, no, no. I don't think you need to pull a card for that. The guy sort of looks at you and sort of looks to the others, uh, um, and makes uh, makes uh, something of a welcoming gesture um, to you. Uh, and then they they all sort of they're sort of sur- half surrounding you in kind of a semicircle. Um, like your backs are still, they're not behind you, but they're very much encompassing all of the directions, uh, towards the village. Uh, and this group of, uh, this large group of men, or, well, this smallish group of men is, uh, formed up around you guys. Uh, and they, they all seem to be looking at you in kind of, with this kind of intrigue and, uh, and a little bit of, uh, confusion. Some of them seem a bit warier than others. Uh, and then they walk up to uh, the the they walk up to the two um, Nahuta people, uh, Mexico people, uh, and they uh, and they say and the guy that uh, was calling out to you before says a string of words that you don't recognize, uh, and then sort of puts a hand towards you as if he wants you to take his hand. Can well, I, I try to understand what he said since I didn't try before? Sure. Are you going to go for knowledge or perception? Uh, I think perception, because that's a four. I don't think Eagle Eye would help me there. Uh, no, I don't think so either. Sure, go for it. Um, so what card do you want to play? Uh, I'm going to play a five of hearts and social is my affinity. Uh, cool. Uh, so when the... This is a good uh, opportunity to explain another mechanic related to the suits, and then we'll pretty much be done with all the mechanics related to the suits of cards. So as before, when you play a card related to the skill that you're do uh, to the check that you're making, in this case, uh, Miranda played a social... Uh, Nero played a social card. Uh, then you also... Uh, if it also lines up with your affinity stat, which means that it is a thing that your character is in particular good at, instead of drawing one card, you get to draw two. Uh, so... Uh, Mira, draw two cards, and then one of them uh, you keep in your hand, and the other one you can either discard or put onto the top of the deck. All right. Uh, and you don't have to tell us what those are. You just do it. Okay, I did. 
Wonderful. Uh, so that uh, that goes to that sort of uh, helps. That represents the fact that uh, not only is uh, not only uh, is she doing this effectively, she it is a thing that she is good at, uh, and so she it barely costs her any uh, any energy. Uh, now, yeah. I have a question. Would I get an advantage because I'm an actor? So I probably would have performed in other languages. Um. Hmm. You know what? You probably would have gotten an advantage, which would give you another plus three to your total result. So what does that take you up to? All right. So five plus four is nine and a plus three is 12. Right. So again, another success. These guys seem to really like you. This guy wants you, this guy wants you to come with him down into the village. Clearly they want to introduce you uh, to the important people of the village. Um, they want you to make the proper entrances uh, and the proper uh, welcoming. Uh, so they think that, and uh, yeah, these guys like that. These guys like that. This that seemingly you're some kind of group of travelers or explorers or whatever, but you seem to be led by uh, native people, and so they respect that the people of this this place, the people of this land, are uh, are in control here. Because uh, they think that you two are the leaders, when really your leader is dead. <laughs> That's fine. We only uh, need him to think. Robo. Indeed. Uh, so, do you guys go down into the? You guys follow them into the village. I think yeah. that we should probably do pay the due respect, so that we maybe make friendly with the tribe in case we need that later. Absolutely. Wonderful. So. Uh, All right. Yeah, no, she's basically saying, fine, let's go. Let's get this over with so we can move on to the task at hand. <laughs> uh, how does Sebastian feel about this? <laughs> Sebastian <laughs> being a Catholic priest. <laughs> bit xenophobic, I believe, if I remember yes. correctly. <laughs> I'm a religious zealot, I'm a classist, and I'm a sexist. Oh well, I mean, you're not xenophobic then. You're just a you're just a zealot. That's fine. This is an opportunity, not a anyway. Uh, so uh, that'll be the end of that scene. Uh, everyone, everyone draws up to seven cards. So if you spend any cards, you should be back at seven now, as we transition into the next uh, scene. So you guys move uh, down into the city, uh, well, into the village. Uh, there's. Um, there's a bit of text I can read for you. So at first glance, this village resemble, resembles other settlements you've been to. Uh, it's clean, well, uh, it has clean, well-built houses and somewhat of an advanced irrigation systems, uh, system. There's even a few dogs among the huts. Uh, recoiling, uh, the dogs are recoiling from you as you approach because they're a bit suspicious of you. Uh, the only off-putting elements... Uh, are the designs and decorations. It's unlike anything you've seen before, like it all belonged to another era. As you ponder this, you see an elderly man standing in your path, flanked by more warrior guards. He is a gentle, older, uh, older um, Nahua priest, uh, dressed in simple wa- uh, a simple white tunic and a cloth headdress of a peasant. Uh, but his skin is entirely covered in spiraled tattoos. Instead of talking to you, he slams his staff into the earth and you feel dizzy for a second. Uh, what do you do? Um, 
I attempt to respectfully greet him, judging by how we were treated and greeted after understanding them before. All right, so you want to try uh, and uh, greet him. So... Would I use that, charisma for that? Uh, it is, in fact, a charisma check. Uh, this is going to be opposed. Just give me one second to, to double-check uh, how that works. Um, level. NPCs do not have hands of cards to play during confrontations. Instead, whenever they play a card, they play the first card from the top of the deck, which never triggers any drawing cards mechanics. Additionally, you can use the NPC level guide to determine the difficulty of an encounter. Right? Where's the NPC level guide, though? <laughs> Why is it not right next to it? <laughs> Why is the NPC level guide not right next to the fucking NPC character section? Um, well, if I was going to make an NPC level guide, where would I put it? Nope, Back not there. Front. Yeah, I guess. Um, GM's outline and pre characters? That seems unlikely. Additional gear. Nope, that's the feedback section. Hmm. Um. Hmm. <laughs> I don't think you actually included the thing that you just referenced, game. Here. Um, NPC level guide is not in here, as far as I can tell. Um, hmm. Additionally, you can use difficult encounter. It's not in here. Absolutely sequel to the... Ah, oh, right, right, right. A recommended encounter has a number of NPCs, which added level is at least equal to an added... Yeah, all right, whatever. I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to wing it, because this is taking too long. Nice. Uh, I wanted to try and get it right, but I'm just going to wing it. Uh, so, uh, either way... Uh, now, if I so read it correctly... Okay. Yes. So, if I read the rules correctly, I'm supposed to tell you if I think I should get advantages? Yes. If you think you should get advantages, you should tell me. I, okay. It's not up to me to necessarily tell you whether you get advantages. Uh, things that, like, if I... Th- uh, you tell me whether you think you get advantages, and uh, if I think there's something that modify uh, that should modify your success, I'm pretty sure I modify the difficulty rather than uh, rather than if I think there's something that's positive, it modifies the difficulty. Uh, whereas, uh, yeah, you suggest advantages. I can also give you disadvantages, um, yeah. but uh, I don't have any that I want to give you at the moment. Okay. I think as an actor, I would be able to like mimic what I saw as a greeting better. And I'm also beautiful, which in the traits means that people are thunderstruck by my beauty. All right. Sure. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just trying <laughs> to figure this out. Um, all right. So Win I pull the a card. With your, your beautiful charm. Yeah. Yep. So I think that that gives you so you're beautiful. Hmm, sure. And the other thing, so the acting thing, I will give you, I'll give you an advantage. The beautiful thing is going to be a consequence. Okay, this is going to be interesting then. Okay, Um, so I I pull a card now? Uh, Yeah, you play a card now from your hand. All right. Uh, Uh, And you can play as many cards as the uh, black bars next to your skill. So on the character sheets, there's these black bars. Um, that are colored in uh, black. Uh, for every black one, you can play a card uh, related to that skill. Okay. 
I am going to just play one, even though I can play two. Mm-hmm. I'm playing a six of hearts, which is my affinity. So that puts it at a 12. Nice. And you get whatever advantages. Indeed. So your advantage gives you plus three. Uh, and you also immediately draw two cards because it's your affinity. Uh, and you put one of them onto uh, one of them you keep in your hand, and the other one you can either discard or put onto the top of your deck. Okay. Uh, if you discard, uh, if you decide to discard it, let us know. Okay, I didn't. I put uh, it on the top of my deck. Cool. Uh, so uh, I got a five, which means that you beat him. Um, da, 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 da. If the check fails, if the check succeeds. Ah, so if the check succeeds, the PCs may parlay with uh, Ixachawina. Ixachawina, I think. <laughs> Chawina? Something like that. I'm doing my best. This needs a pronunciation guide included. Yeah. I mean, it helps that I have a little bit of knowledge of how to pronounce some of these words because it's not the first time I've played a game set in this kind of a setting in a in a um, native Ezra. Mexico setting, but. Uh, <laughs> But, like, yeah, sometimes it's still hard. Uh, he is fluent in Nahuatl, Nahuatl uh, Maya, Spanish, and apparently some extinct language, which is irrelevant to us for now. Um, and, yeah, so what do you say? He says uh, to you, uh, there's a thing where he introduces him. I've got a list of fucking text um, <laughs> that I can pre-written uh, examples that I can give you. Okay. Um, is there one where he introduces himself, though? Uh, ah, yes. So he, he sort of squints at you and says, uh, what do you seek and why are you here? He says in uh, Nahuatl. Alright, so I say I say i'm oh what do i say (laughs) Uh, i say we wanted to show proper respect because we have to pass through your village and we didn't want to be disrespectful so we came to say hello introduce ourselves and let you know that we mean you no harm Hmm. my character is growing reckless we uh hmm Hmm. Hmm. And what do you seek? He repeats that part of his question. Um, we seek to uh, get through the woods and your village to go explore the area. And I'm trying to think of how my character would word this because she's cautious. Mm-hmm. He steps forward as you're sort of... Mm. He he detects, even though you're doing it amazingly well, he detects that you are trying to uh, choose your words selectively and he steps closer to you uh, and sort of motions his guards to wait back. And he says, yes, but what do you seek? Um, we, we seek to go to that, that abandoned temple over there for something. To explore and mm-hmm. pay respects, and mm-hmm. 
Uh, so as you, you're saying, we you know we want to go look at the temple and pay respects. He says, "You speak in half truths." He sort of turns to walk away. Uh, Dave, is there anything your character wants to do? Uh, I mean, I'm trying to think if there's anything I can do to try and. Well, you also speak this guy's language, so you can talk yeah. at him as well. Yeah, I'm just trying to think if there's anything I can do to change his mind. Nothing's coming like right to my my brain. I can't even remember what we're seeking. I just know we're going to the temple. <laughs> You're trying to. You want to. Uh, get the Coatl stone, this large uh, jewel that is in the temple. Well, well, I'll, I'll try this. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll ask him to hold on for a minute. Robo, mm-hmm. okay, hang on. Uh, be talking. Indeed, you tell him to wait, and he yeah, he turns back. He looks at you, says, "Hmm, you wish to add to what has been said? We're looking for a stone." The Coatl Stone? Yes. There are others that are coming to also get the stone. And they're not friendly. Not at all. He he turns back to you and he looks at uh, all four of you. His eyes seem to steal. Um, Before he seemed gentle and now he seems driven. Uh, And he says to you... uh, Our covenant is to watch the temple, kill the unworthy, and wait for the worthy. He takes a breath and then says, If you are worthy, the Coatl will be born for you. It will uncoil for you. If the Coatl doesn't doesn't come, we kill you. That is our covenant. This is all moon speak to me, so I'm just quietly waiting there. Does anyone for- translate? Uh, yeah, yeah. Is anybody telling us I'm, anything? I'm, I'm translating for them. Mm-hmm. Are you paraphrasing at all? Or are you just no. saying word for word? I'm, I'm translating like a translator would. All right. Um, he, sees your trans- uh, he sees you translating, and then you, uh, he looks to the two uh, Spaniards and uh, and says, um, which one of these do I want to use? Uh, he looks to the two Spaniards and says, uh, as he gestures to his people, we did not build the temple. The Mokaya did. He says that in language. He says that in Spanish. Oh, I, finally. Something we can understand. I quietly to myself say, oh, that's obvious. <laughs> Now this is quietly to myself in my own. Yeah, like, no, 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 I understand. I'm not saying he heard you. I'm just reacting to it. <laughs> of course, I want to make sure I clarify that though. And then, he, and then he says to you, "It is our covenant to protect the temple, uh, to kill the unworthy, and wait for the worthy." And he sort of well, looks. Won't have to wait any longer. He looks at all of you as if to say, "Do you understand me?" I take a look at his village. How many of them are still alive? A whole bunch. There's a whole Damn bunch it. of them. Because <laughs> they have some worthy people here. I was about to. I was about to say something out loud, but I'm deciding better against it. I, I understand. <laughs> My character just says, "Well, you'll have to wait no longer. Let's go. Come on. We need to get moving." She's losing patience. All right. I just and the Lord doth say, 
Patience is thine virtue, child. Oh, don't speak scripture to me. Too late. Are you are you asking um, uh, this character to wait for you? Uh, the the guy that we were just talking to. No, it sounded like Micah was trying to get Jen's character to wait a moment. Uh, if she's being impatient, impatient then yes. She's uh, definitely being impatient. That's well established. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> there yep. is no reading of this scene where she is not impatient. Right <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Are we done? I think we should get going. We're running out of time. We don't know when the others will catch up. Do you hear any explosions or sounds of death from behind us or burning of wood? No? You're right. Not yet. Oh, good. Why waste the time? Nope. By the time they hear us, it'll be too late. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to see if there's anything I want to know. Uh, anything else I need to convey to you? Um. Mm. As you move to walk towards the temple, he says uh, in Spanish, Time is friend to Hahiu. He talks to time. Time cycles, time circles, time turns. This is the key to the temple. And the temple is closed. It is always closed and it cannot be entered. And then he sort of makes a gesture, as if to say, go as you wish. Is uh, there is there something we need to know about how to get in? I don't know. Um, like, what do you do mean you... To... Quietly myself. What do you mean you don't know? It's your temple, you dumb bastard. <laughs> Sorry, I was unclear about whether that was diegetic or not. Are you asking him if there's something that you need to know about the temple? Or are you asking me? I'm asking him if there's something that we need to know about the temple and if there's like a special way to get in or something. Because hmm. he said time is your friend, so I'm thinking maybe it has to be at a certain time of day. Um, spill the blood of an, you know, spill the blood of innocence while dancing into our heathenistic lifestyles. Uh, just give me one second. I'm double checking uh, the uh, this tree. This game. This adventure basically has a flowchart, but it's written in text rather than actually being a flowchart. Um, it's uh, it's like a choose your own adventure kind of deal. Yay! <laughs> uh, as you move towards the temple, he says, "Well, I suppose uh, it would be rude of us to not offer you hospitality, um, if you wish." You can rest uh, and eat here with us before moving on uh, to the temple. Um, of course, if you wish to move there straight away, I will not stop you, and nor will my people. Or rather, he says, more will these people. Well, what time of day are we looking at? Um, I think it's probably like afternoon-ish, I think. Or maybe it's lunchtime. Yeah, maybe it's lunchtime. Well, if it's if it's lunchtime, then we seem to have plenty of daylight left if we wanted to travel out now. But I wouldn't be opposed to getting a little bit of food. I think it would be rude to turn down food. Maybe skip the rest, but at least break bread with them. Hmm, it sounds good to me. Europeans are all about hospitality. What do you two think? I think I don't want anything to do with these people, and I want to get moving. Oh boy! <laughs> don't even have to trigger your. Uh... 
Sebastian? Well, man cannot live on bread and water alone. Need better food. Sounds like three of your friends want to stop and eat. It it would be a grave insult to them to not share food with them. Also, without proper sustenance, how are you able to swing your... How are you able to defend us should we run into problems? If you do not have the strength from lack of eating. Find food on the way... It's like 600 or, meters away. We don't need to snack. Or, or we could not waste time hunting food and just eat the prepared food. It'd be quicker to just sit and eat with them than it would to hunt and prepare and cook. And uh, No, it's safe. Oh, I'm not winning this one, am I? I don't think you are. <laughs> it, so. She looks around and just that's what she says. Let's do this. All right. Let's get the silverware so we can move on to the goal. <laughs> All right. So we stay and eat. How is it? Is it good? Uh, yeah. They they have uh, an interesting spread of food. There's um, uh, there's all kinds of things that you've come to associate with uh with this new world, um, maze and and stuff like that, uh, some kind of wild animals that meet that you're not quite sure what it is, but it tastes good. Let's hope this <laughs> isn't human. Oh, wow, that prejudice is really on show. <laughs> <laughs> good job, I mean, that's kind of the game. <sighs> um, and so you, uh, <laughs> you guys eat uh, as much as you uh, wish, uh, and then presumably head on uh, to the temple now. As your as your eating, we, before we get properly into <laughs> our food, I would like to perform a rites test and say a prayer. You're going to pray over the food, sure. I'm going to pray over it. the food. I'm going to sanctify my, it, of course. My, <laughs> character jo- my character will join you in this. All right, mm-hmm. let's do that. Rites. Uh, actually, you don't need to make me a rites check because you're just doing the normal prayer over food, um, so you automatically succeed. Um, but yeah, they they all kind of watch you intently as you like pray and uh, over the food. And the two, you know, uh, Catholics sort of bow their head and put their hands together. And the, these people are very like it, everyone's really interested in what you're doing, and they're all just watching you as they eat, uh, as they try to understand what it is that you're doing. Please, Lord Jesus Christ, bless us with this food. Keep us safe. Don't let me die. Uh... Give us this day our daily bread and deliver us from evil. No, keep the you know keep the evil at the end of my sword point so that I may stab through it with righteous fury. <laughs> <laughs> keep all the unnecessary. Like there a bit. No, no, this is this is uh, this is a little bit of John that no one under you know that no one reads through quite often. It's it's a unique passage. John are you sure Pilgrim. it's not? Are you sure it's not from uh, from some of the writings of uh, of uh, Saint George, uh, who in this setting was the first European to tame a dragon? He converted the dragon to Christianity uh, and then gave it to some woman. I say some woman; she's a very important woman. I just can't remember her name off the top of my head. She was a princess that was going to be sacrificed to the dragon, I believe. Yes, indeed. I just can't remember her name, unfortunately. I think it's Celine or something, or Sabine or yeah. something like that. Something Starts with an like S. Uh, 
but yes, <laughs> I'm sure Saint George has a bunch of prayers uh, for uh, for for protecting you from dragons or whatever. Since I'm open-minded, I'm kind of just waiting for them to finish praying before I partake of my food to be respectful. Mm-hmm. Though I kind of uh, side-eye uh, Maria a little bit. My eyes are closed. Yeah, they're praying. Um, That's fine. I can still side-eye you with your eyes closed. Do As you guys eat, does anyone try and get more information about the temple? Oh, I only or- eat things I recognize. If I yeah. don't know what the meat is, I'm not eating it. Would we recognize what the meat is? Because I'm... I'm local. I, you would, yeah. but I don't want to insult the f- the the people who this culture is based on because I don't actually know what the food they'd be eating is. Um, yeah, but so could yes. I tell Maria so she would eat? Sure, you recognize the food and you point out. Oh yeah, this is that thing that we. You remember that time when we were, when we caught one of those things in the jungle and we ate it? It's one of those. Yeah. So I I identify the food for you. I'm I'm sure people eat iguana. I'm imagining the scene in I actually had people I know bring an iguana somewhere. I've eaten goanna before, but I mean goanna and iguana is probably very similar. It was half um, an iguana, right, Dave? So Yeah, did anyone want did so. I did ask him for information on the temple before we came to eat and Yeah, he gave you got. he gave you he said the thing about the time stuff. Yeah, and then I asked him, What do you mean? Is there something like um, let me see what else I can give you. Um, on the history of the temple. Where's the history of the temple section? Probably somewhere hidden behind the NPCs. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, history of the temple. Sure. So, you guys ask about the temple, and who's ready for another wall of text? Me! Yay! I am! Alright, get ready for Raymond to read stuff off of a book. So, uh, you ask about the temple, and he seems pretty keen to give you the information. Uh, So he says, well, uh, the Koatul Temple was once a religious center for the Mokaya civilization. Uh, Primal ancestors of the Olmeca and every other culture uh, on the continent. Uh, They even predated uh, the Aztalan culture, uh, though, and he kind of looks to our two uh, native uh, characters uh, and says, "Your no Nahua will accept that fact." Uh, and their temple was not called uh, Koatli, uh, but no one really remembers its true name anymore. Uh, this temple wasn't part of any city, but a stop for religious pilgrims uh, and journeying kings or diplomats. Here, the ancient priests gave blessings, food, and water to travelers or made the trip themselves to sanctify a building or new royal birth. The head of uh, the priests was uh, Haihil, uh, the chanter man, uh, they called him. Uh, they said it was him who first learned and taught others how to pray and give worship to the spirits and saints of the underworld. Once uh, Ha-Hua uh, found a strange stone the size of a large water gourd, but it was polished as a gem and heavy as a boulder. Hahui ordered the... I'm fucking changing that each time I try to say it. (laughs) Hahua? Hahua? Hmm, I'm trying. Uh, He ordered the stone brought to the temple, uh, and it took three men to carry it. Uh, 
The first night after the stone was carried to the temple, thunder rumbled and the skies parted. You see that everyone around is kind of getting into it and uh, they're very much uh, loving him telling... The, well, not loving, but they're very enraptured by him telling the story. You're not quite sure if they're pleased or not, but they're very focused. Uh, the first night after the stone was carried to the temple, thunder rumbled and the skies parted. A dragon flew down to the pyramid. It was the old dragon, the heaven snake, which the <coughs> Nahua call Mixacotl. He had come back to talk to Hahu, uh, for the stone was one of his eggs, and he wanted it back. Hahui didn't return the egg, but instead threatened the old dragon. He said that Mixacotl and his kin would serve mortals from that day onward, or else Hahui would kill the egg and Mitsukotl's son. The old dragon accepted the deal, but on the condition that mortals sacrifice their children to the dragons. Just as just as Mitsukotl had sacrificed his child for the mortals. Thus the covenant was sealed, and the Mitsukotl dragons came down uh, to human cities and blessed and protected them. In exchange, the mortals fed them their children. The dragon stone, the ancient stone, remained in the temple as a witness to the pack. The egg never hatched, and the dragon was never born, because it was a witness to the pact between dragons and mortals. And then he sort of looks to you guys and says, or you people, and says, But one day there would come warriors. Hahui knew this. Warriors that would break the covenant between dragons and mortals. And when that happened, the egg would break and the dragon would be born and he would be like his father in glory and godlike might. And he would serve the warriors that came for him. So Hahui didn't die, but remained a living shell, a deathless guard, watching over the temple for centuries after centuries, until the age of the breaking covenant, until the warriors came that could reclaim the egg of Mixacodal and summon the child of the old dragon to battle. And he looks to you and says, and that's all I truly know about the temple. Other than Thank the you fact for sharing your knowledge. Uh, only those that are worthy can enter. Uh, Can we go now? Then you guys finish up your meal (laughs) and begin heading uh, to the temple. And then we proceed to I I thank the elder for his uh, hospitality and his uh, knowledge of the temple before we head out. Mm -hmm. Um, Let me just double check that you don't get anything else from him. Because I know that if you choose to fight them, you get stuff from killing them. (laughs) Um should get rewarded for playing nice too. Uh, you do. You get to know the knowledge. You get to know the knowledge of the temple, and you also don't have to fight. Uh, um, that's your reward. Well, it's um, not too late. Hey, so, no, don't, don't you <laughs> fucking not going to. Cleared the encounter. Don't ruin it. I'm kidding. Wait, what do you want me to do? No, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing. Keep walking. <laughs> Head towards the objective. That's what we want you to do. Yes, that's where I'm going. Let's yes, go. Come on. Yeah. So you head to the temple. Um, as you approach the temple, uh, it has started to rain. Um, 
after a few minutes, hang on, is there not a description of why it started raining or when? Nope, it just happened, apparently, at some point. Anyway, as you approach the temple, it starts to rain, and then... During the commercial break. And then, after a few minutes, you notice that the rain is slowly sloping upward, only it's not the terrain. The earth, I think they mean the rain on the ground. Uh, The earth roots and undergrowth cover actual carved stone steps as you move up uh, these steps, as the rain seems to be flowing up them. Uh, the jungle grew over a large stairway and you are ascending it as your climb ends you reach a great pyramidal structure with carved spirits and monsters on every side and a half dozen half eroded columns marking the way uh, to its main staircase ah so you've climbed sort of a plateau and now you're at the actual main part of the pyramid I see that was not very well described uh, there's an eerie silence, as if even the jungle creatures had learned to be quiet in this building's presence. Uh, and here you are, sort of on this um, plateau, kind of raised part, uh, and there is the temple or uh, overgrown in front of you, this sort of uh, pyramid. Um, what do you guys want to do? Has anyone ever seen rain, like, flow upstairs before or no that's that's a new one to me this looks like witchcraft to me priest should this should this be concerning like micah priest? i'm looking up the right scripture <laughs> <laughs> you're a priest you should know it frantically turns his bible <laughs> look there are a lot of scripture and a lot of passages i could quote here but i need to find the right one give me a minute you know, it's that old Catholic motto, be prepared. No, wait, hang on, that's the voice. <laughs> they don't exist yet. Yet. Unless for some reason St. George decided to create a band of brothers <laughs> that are very good at scouting and have a great sense of mottos. <laughs> I don't see why no? would, eh? Um. So what are you guys doing? Well, I do have a quick question before we about... decide to do anything. Sure, um, finish your question, and then I'll and then I'll get you to my <laughs> Okay. Um, my question is: Does that is that scene over? Yes, that's a good right. point. If anyone used cards, they may now draw up again. Okay. What do we do with the uh, spent cards at this point? Um, you just leave the them deck. there. You leave them at the at the side. Every time you play a card, you put them into the discard. Okay. All right. Perfect. That is all I had. Yeah, for game questions. Um, all right, so if we're looking for stuff to do, if you want, I can maybe go ahead of everybody a little bit, use my uh, scouty abilities. Sure. So you're thinking of maybe uh, doing a preemptive um, climb of the temple? Yeah. Yeah, just kind of get ahead a little bit, give us uh, hopefully a heads-up knowledge of anything that could be ahead of us. Yeah, sure. Um, sure. So you sort of look up the, uh, you go ha- maybe halfway up the stairs. Um, there doesn't seem to be much. There's definitely something up the top. You're not sure about going all the way to the top just yet. Um, but there's, there's some, there's like carvings and things around the temple, half obscured by overgrowth and war- and also some of them are a bit worn. Um, it seems to speak 
to what um, the man in the town told you um, of the story of this place. Uh, what is everyone else doing? I'm gonna take a look around to make sh- to see if there's like any sort of like ambush because she's cautious, so it makes sense that she's looking for ambushes. And I assume perception would be exploration. Ah, uh, yes, perception is an exploration check, which is which the- is clubs, yes. right? Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna do that, and she has eagle eyes, so I assume that's an advantage. Uh, yeah, we can check the book for what eagle eye does. I think it's for spotting things in the distance, as opposed to like close searching or whatever. Um, just give me a second; it'll be under talents, pretty sure. Um, it'll be under perception, eagle eye. When trying to search for something in the distance, gain one advantage. You're trying to see if you're going to be ambushed. Yeah. Yeah, I'll allow that. So you gain an advantage, which is going to be a bonus uh, to your okay. result. Uh, I'm so... able to pull two cards, and I did. They're both clubs, uh, so it's three. Why are you able to pull two cards? Because my perception is four. Oh, you mean play two cards. Yep. I thought I, I keep hearing pull and then thinking draw. My bad. No, when I say pull, I mean pull out of my hand. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I just misunderstood. No, I have two cards from my hand. Mm-hmm. It's a three of clubs and a two of clubs, and I have a four in perception, so that's nine. Cool. Um, you and then- don't... Yeah, and the plus three from the advantage. You don't spot anyone trying to uh, ambush you. So do I draw a card because it was a club that I played for exploration? Yes, you do. You draw a card for the for any amount. Uh, did you just did you play two clubs or only one club? Two clubs. You draw a card for each of them, then. Okay. Uh, is my understanding. Um, whereas if your if your if your affinity had also been exploration, then you would have uh, drawn four cards just now. <laughs> uh, <coughs> um, uh, wonderful, yeah So you don't spot anyone trying to ambush you uh, Yeah uh, So what I relate this our... back to the party That I didn't spot any ambushes Of any kind What's our Spaniards doing? I am perceiving and looking around As we start to explore our way in Sure, are you guys going to head up the stairs And meet up with um, the other gentleman? Cool. Yeah. So everyone moves up about halfway up the stairs, and you've you know you catch up, and you see the things that uh, that I described earlier. These these carvings that seem to speak of um, of they at least share imagery with um, the story that the man in the temple uh, in the village told you earlier. Um, do you continue to the top? Yes. Mm-hmm. As the PCs reach the top of the stairs, they find a large stone chapel in the shape of a huge dragon head. There seems to be no entrance to this building. Uh, but the dragon's head's... M- uh, the dragon head uh, mouth seems to be holding a time disc wider than a man's height. Uh, so it's kind of like a calendar. The disc consists of four concentric circles. Each circle is divided into a different number of notches marked as follows. The inner circle has four notches marked with four directions. The second circle 
has fourteen uh, has thirteen notches marked with thirteen calendar signs. The third circle has twenty notches marked with the twenty days of the lunar count. The outer circle has fifty-two notches marked with fifty-two ancient depictions of figures. You're not quite sure whom. Uh, any PC can recognize these symbols without a uh, can recognize uh, the calendar uh, without a check. The calendar divisions and cultural directions are common element element of Mesoamerican cultures and have been for seven uh, centuries. Uh, there also seems to be a smaller um, disc of sorts uh, on the wall besides the large calendar disc. It is also marked with 52 notches. There seems to be kind of a large piece in the middle of the smaller circle on the side uh, mounted to the wall. Um, it almost looks like your hand could grip the center of this kind of mound in the circle. What do you guys do? Well, I'll go and grab it. <laughs> yeah, you walk up and grab it. Uh, it yep. seems to turn in your hands. So this looks like uh, we can adjust it. Anybody have any ideas? And as you like, you fiddle with it, and it's got a little bit of give, and then you twist it um, a little further, and it hits, and it seems to click and do something. You notice now, seeing this, that as you click it into new positions, the large calendar disc also rotates in a corresponding way. Hmm. What's he Maybe. saying about time being circular? Yeah. He did mention something about that. I haven't a clue how to begin this. Do the uh, symbols, like, match each other? Like, it, like if, like, symbol A is at the top on the small disc, symbol A is on the top on the other disc, or is it... Um... Can you is there an image question? for this? Like, uh, no, there's if, not an image, but... Um, like, if she has symbol A at the top on the small disc, will symbol A be on the top of the other disc? Like, is it rotating in the same way in the, with the same symbols, or is it askew slightly? Um, as you rotate the device, all of this, uh, the inner circle, the second circle, the third circle, and the outer circle all seem to rotate, but they seem to be rotating a little bit differently uh, to one another and at different rates. Um, it's unclear what exactly is happening there. Uh, I have no idea. I assume that you have to have s certain symbols lined up to open it. Could be. Uh, that but would make sense. He said that, what was it he said before? That time is circular, all things come back? He yeah. said, uh, at your recollection... Uh, that time cycles, time circles, time turns. This is the key to the temple. He also said that Ha-Hui is a friend of time and that it talks to him. Well, we could always set it to today's date. See what that does. Start there. Um, does anyone want to make a knowledge check uh, to try and understand this? Uh, I would accept knowledge, perception, or rights. I have... I'm good I'm on rights. I'm not a smart person. Well, do you want to try and understand this calendar thing? Sure. All right, so make me uh, play a card, uh, however many cards you're allowed to, really. I have the ability to play two cards. And... Do you want to play two, or what are you doing? I'll play two. Sure, what are you playing? 
I'm playing Diamond 3 and 4. Diamond 3 and 4. Uh, this is a rights check. Diamonds is rights. Uh, is your affinity rights? My affinity is divine. Yeah, sorry. That's what I meant. Yes. Uh, yeah. So that means uh, for when you play a card of your affinity, immediately draw two cards. Um Keep one in your hand and put the other either into your discard pile or at the top of your deck. You just play two diamond cards, so do one, then the other. All right. Gotta discard that card and put this one here. Alrighty. Wonderful. So you should have just picked up four cards in total. It sounds like you can put one into the discard and put one on top of your deck. Yep. Cool. And the other two should be in your hand. Wonderful. So what does that bring your total to uh, of number uh, with cards played plus the skill? So that will be seven plus that. That will be 12. 12. Wonderful. So you're looking at this thing as the if you, as your friends here are twisting it and trying to understand the thing. And, the, and then you realize that you understand this ancient calendar better than, uh, better than the people of this land. Uh, because clearly uh, what you need to do uh, is turn uh, this dial in such a way uh, as to enter in uh, a, a number. These things are, these things, these 13, 24, 52, these are, these are like a, a, a some kind of uh, combination thing. Uh, you're attempting to uh, add up numbers to do some math. Clearly, the answer must be 260, uh, which is the number of days in the Aztec ritual calendar, which you know from attempting to understand the way of these, as you would put it, heathens. Uh, so... You move. Do you push the others uh, out of the way so that you can solve this puzzle for them? <laughs> oh, it's quite simple. Move, move, move. Here, do this. Uh, and you see him twist the dial over and over and over again and watch the big circle, uh, these four rings, sort of spin uh, in their tracks uh, around one another. Uh, and you uh, get them all to align. Uh, at least you think so. Uh, and now you have uh, the... Uh, you have made it so that the inner circle makes 52 rotations, the second circle makes 20, the third makes 13, and the outer circle makes 4, uh, which uh, should correspond uh, to... Uh, could, should correspond to your R260. Um, so what do you do now? Nothing seems to have happened. It's almost like there's another step here. Uh, everyone look around, see if there's something you can depress and see if that doesn't open something. The only thing, the only things that you have at your disposal to interact with here are the large circular calendar sitting in the dragon's mouth and the dial. That you just turned. Uh, we passed some markings on our way up the stairs. Maybe they hold some kind of key? Mm, probably not. Because why would you have to go back down the stairs to activate the door? Alright. Um, calendar in the dragon's mouth. Yeah. You said there was... I thought they were the same thing. 
they are linked to the same thing. So the calendar is this big, huge disc. And then on the wall uh, next to the calendar is a small dial that fits into your hand. When you turn the dial, the huge calendar changes. Okay, so they are connected. They are right. connected, but are not the same thing. Right. All right. Hmm. All right, let's turn the calendar. What's You said the number you put in was 260? Correct. Well, what if we put the calendar to day 200 and day? That's basically what's happened. Um, yeah, you, you can't turn the physical calendar. Turning the dial makes the calendar turn, but you can't exert enough force on the calendar itself to turn it without using the dial. Okay. Not seeing what else there is to enter. Uh Mm, yeah, as you sort of are trying to work out what the next thing is, Sebastian uh, leans on the wall, depressing the dial, uh, and you hear this click uh, as the uh, as the disc seems to move. See, told you, have to depress something. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't try anyway. Um, <laughs> I told them to do it. That was on them. I did all. The, I just did all the heavy thinking there. I think trying to find things to depress is kind of um, scary because I don't know what's going to happen. So I'd rather not push the buttons. Well, you just need to have faith in your Lord Jesus Christ and all will be well. Uh, (laughs) I kind of roll my eyes. The disc slides away uh, and the inside of the temple is dark, but not entirely as might have been assumed of such an ancient forgotten building. You notice that there are small uh, lit sensors, uh, sensors, spelt with a C at the beginning, uh, cleverly placed behind columns and crevice, uh, crevices to give a dim light uh, of the interior chambers. Uh, it, uh, you don't really know who lit them or keeps them maintained. The walls, though, are carved with strange, monstrous faces, naked human Satan made monstrous by shifting shadows from the flickering flame of the lights. As you step into the inner chamber, the floor shifts slightly and another uh, mechanism slowly reveals a descending staircase. So, uh, Maria, you want to go first? I'm already going. I'm already there. (laughs) She marches down with purpose. Uh, You descend... Uh, down these staircases uh, and the shadows about you seem to move unnaturally. At first you assume they're flickering projections of the lighted uh, lit uh, sensors uh, but soon realise they seem to move on their own as if the light light both uh, uh, as if the light itself bothered rather than created uh, these shadows. Uh, Then there seems to be someone speaking at the edge of your hearing, a low, rasping voice. You can't understand the words, but they seem to be something ethereal. I have a bad feeling about this, guys. It's fine. This is where the dragon is, right? This is where Kaya ha. Hakaya. Do you understand any of it? Uh, I don't know. Um, I can try to understand uh, it. 
but as, I'm not feeling very confident about it. <laughs> as, you all, as you all hear this voice and they're having this conversation, uh, uh, one of the shadows seems to materialize and form out of out of nothing. Uh, oh, jeez. I draw my weapon. kind of shadow being. A, a creature made of shadows. And creature now, of the devil. Priest, do uh, you know anything about this thing? <laughs> yeah, you say that as the thing <laughs> swipes at uh, Maria. Uh, oh. It swipes at you. Uh, and does it have a weapon? Does have piercing. You've what kind of armor do you have? I have heavy or soft. I'm not sure where it's. She has heavy. Yeah, heavy. Right. So the thing sort of scratches across uh, the steel of your uh, breastplate because I'm pretty sure that's the kind of thing that the conquistadors had. Um, and we hear the scratching of. It sounds like glass being scraped on steel. Uh, uh. Um, can I replicate that? Oh, please don't. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. So now we get to uh, have a go at combat because you've successfully avoided all combat until this point, thankfully. Uh, so not for lack of trying. Uh, what is at the top of your character sheets? There's these two weird boxes. Um, uh, one is a big circle and the other one is an actual box. Do you see that part? Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Uh, so the box is your initiative. The circle is your level. Uh, so now we get to my least favorite game mechanic that has ever been put into role-playing games, which is initiative orders. I hate them very much, but we're playing the game as presented. Uh, so... Let me get out a pencil and a bit of paper. And there are no pencils, apparently, in my fucking pencil case. There we go. So, uh, let's start. Uh, what is... Does anyone have initiative three? Me. Me. Robo. Yep. Does anyone have initiative higher than three? Sounds like a no. So, Jen and Dave. Does anyone have initiative two? I do. Uh... And then we have our Shadow, who also has initiative two, it would seem. And Micah, what's your initiative? One. (laughs) I'm an old man. Okay. So, uh, Jen, this thing is just swiped at you. What would you like to do? I'm going to hit it. You're going to hit it? (laughs) You're going to do a hit? Yes. So, explain this part. I have my weapon. It says... Melee, piercing, three plus plus. I don't have any any idea at all what the three is. Maybe it's damage? I don't know, to be honest. That could make sense. Yeah, that could make sense since, like, our hells are only, like, five and three and... Hmm. Uh, but uh, the bonuses, the pluses written next to it, those should be um, advantages. So... Uh, let's begin, I guess. Um, okay. So, everyone should have... 
Uh, Micah, you should have seven cards. I forgot to remind you to draw back up for transitioning to a new scene. Wonderful. I have a question. Go for it. So I can't even pronounce what that is, but I have a sling, and then it says I have 15 quatchly. I'm assuming that's ammo? It's probably ammo. Um, at the beginning of the round, all characters uh, in the area, blah, blah, blah. I've already got that. Steps of a round in order, which characters turn to perform their actions. Yep, that's fine. Actions during a round. Morale. Nope, that's not what I'm looking for. Um, got some questions uh, when you're ready. Yep, yeah, all right. So, go. Ask me your questions. So, if I'm going to make a melee attack, can mm-hmm. I use one card from my affinity and one card that's not? Totally. You just only get those affinity bonuses for the affinity card. Okay, and what is my affinity? Is that the plus plus on the weapon, or is that your drawing back up is... one extra card? Your affinity is the is the cards thing, the drawing extra cards. Okay, that's what I wanted to make sure I had right. You will get advantages regardless. So you'll have... If we're understanding the rules properly... So this is, this is actually uh, something that really annoyed us when we were trying to work out how to play the game. Um, in the gear section of this pre of this test packet they sent us it doesn't actually explain what all the stuff on the gear means it explains what the key phrases mean like magical and stuff like that but on your character sheet it has written uh in your weapon section it has piercing then the letter three and the numeral three sorry (laughs) and then two positive signs earlier in the book they say that positive signs sometimes indicate uh, uh, that that thing grants advantage. Um, so presumably the two positives mean that's the two advantage. It doesn't, in the gear section of this book, tell us what the three means. We've decided, you heard earlier in this scene, we decided that the three probably means how much damage it deals, but we are just kind of winging it. It doesn't explicitly say in the gear section, which is where it should, for clarification, say, but it doesn't. So, we're just going to have to try and go for it and see how we go. So, advantage is... uh, Each advantage is plus three added to your score after cards. Uh, So, you and I are both playing cards. Um, I think I figured out what Quatchly is. Cool. Sorry. I think it's money. Ah, nice. Because next to the armor, it says 15 Quatchly. Ah, so maybe that's how much uh, so I believe, Jen, the way that this works is that we are opposing each other with cards. All right. Um, so uh, in your turn, you declare an action. Your action is to attack him, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, then we move to playing confrontations is what I want. Right, steps of a confrontation. A trigger character declares his triggering action, explaining which skill he will be using, and declares its target or targets. GM declares the level of the uh, confronting... That's time-sensitive event. I want NPC. Fuck. Why is confrontation time-sensitive event and not... Mm, annoying. Annoying phrasing there. Anyway, whatever. You play a card. All right. <laughs> um, so what... So if I... My, my bonus to melee is the plus Number. plus... No, 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 the bonus to melee is your skill. So I add six to whatever card I pick? Yep, and then for each of those positives, unless this is, as far as we know, each of those positives adds a plus three. So you're adding six to your skill of six, 
and then whatever your card rolled. All right, guys, I'm feeling pretty confident here. Um, I'm glad one of us is. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start this with just playing a two of spades. Cool, which gets you to fourteen. <laughs> I play a two of clubs, which gets me to uh, non-player characters, which gets me to not very high. Uh, it gets me to oh, actually, it doesn't do too bad. That gets me to eight. I'm pretty sure. I'm assuming I can. Def- yeah, I must be able to defend. I think that's a counter action, not a. Yeah, I mean, whatever. This, we're going for it. We're winging it. <laughs> and I immediately draw a card because I used my infinity, right? Yes. Okay. Sure, I did this right. Yeah. And I'm sorry. Uh, how did how did draw, jokers work? If it was your affinity, you draw. Oh God! If it was your affinity, <laughs> you draw two cards. <laughs> oh, I draw uh, two cards. Yes. You place one into your hand, and you place the other either onto the top of the deck or into the discard pile. And how do jokers work? They add either a positive consequence or a negative consequence at your discretion, I guess, is the understanding. All right. So I keep the card back on the top, or I can discard it? Yep. I'm just going to discard it. The joker? No, no, not the Joker. Okay. <laughs> that one I already have. Throw Joker in there. What happens? Robo. Robo. Roberto. <laughs> um. So does this keep going? Uh no. Now it's the next person's turn. Dave, what are you doing? Uh wait. That right. number on your thing is three, right? Uh, Jen. Yes. Oh, sorry. My my um. Sword has three, three written next to it, right? Yeah. yeah. Um. Cool. Right. This thing's health is a number. <laughs> Assuming that the number next to the sword is damage, it just took three damage. Dave, what are we doing? Okay. Describe to me to, what you're doing. I'm going to use my, uh, uh, what the hell is it called? I don't know how to pronounce that. What does it start with? It's Atlatl. It's my ranged is... weapon. Right. Okay. Oh, it's an Atlatl. Yes. Atlatl. That's a fun word to say. So an, mm-hmm. so an addle is a is like a dart or an arrow that you throw, uh, but uh, there's a special dart thrower thing that you use. It hooks onto the end so that you can uh, get more force onto it. Um, and so the whole thing is called an addle addle. All right. So yes, You're using that. I plan. So be I'm using shooting, that. Shooting, I guess. Yeah, shooting. Cool. Uh, let's, it's better let's, than my melee. <laughs> let's shoot the demon. Yes. Yes. So, um, give me... So, that's shooting. Give me the stats for your thing, for your Adelaide. All, right. All right. Stats for the Adelaide. like 15 more times. Adelaide. Is three and plus. All right. So, you'll get one advantage, which means you're adding plus three um, to your skill. Okay. So, that puts my skill from the base three to a six. Brilliant. What card are you going to play? I'm going to play a two and a five of spades. Two and a five of spades, which uh, is, um, that is the suit of this action. So you get to draw two cards unless it's your affinity, uh, affinity, right? It is not, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah, so you draw one card for uh, for playing a uh, for playing a spade. You play two spades, so you draw two cards, and they go straight yes. into your hand. Um, as you throw this dart at the thing, I'm going to play a card. Yeah, you beat my result. 
I'm pretty sure. Um, <laughs> uh, so what uh, what number did you get? All right, my total was let's see, six, five, thirteen total. Thirteen total. I got like ten. Uh, cool. So, uh, and the damage is three. Uh, it is uh, Mira's turn. What are you doing? I'm gonna hit it with. I'm gonna use my sling. Mm-hmm. And um, my sling is three concussion. Nice. Um, it doesn't have any pluses, so you don't have to worry about that. Brilliant. Uh, I'm going to. So my shooting is a three, and I pulled a six of spades. Nice. Six of spades. So you get to pull another card, or rather you get to draw another card. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's see what it got. Three of spades, um, which is, uh, what's your total? My total is nine. Yeah, it got less than nine. Uh, and the shadow seems to... Um, fizzle uh and dissolve it seems to break apart like um like uh like a f- almost like a almost like a statue made of ice uh breaking uh and then immediately melting so it seems to shatter as it and melt back into the darkness um uh what do you guys do now. I think we're on the right track. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> as, long as, as long as you stay in front, I'll follow. You continue down the staircase. Um, the stairs and passage are filled with stone engravings of men and monsters in sequence. Uh, it seems to be telling some kind of story. Do you guys want to uh, take a closer look at it? Yeah. Sure. Uh, as you look at it, you realize it's telling that story that you were told uh, before uh, back in town. This is a codex uh, inscribed into these walls telling its history. As you descend deeper into the temple, you go further into the story. Um, uh, at the bottom um, is a uh, passage leading deeper into the pyramid, and this story continues there too. At the end of that passage, there are three paths. One goes straight ahead, and the others go left and right. Uh, which path do you take? Were there any clues in the story as to which path should be taken? Doesn't appear so. They just are paths. Well, the, hmm. I'm waiting for the priest to come up with the, the rep- proper saying for this, because I've already got it, and I'm not even... <laughs> Priest, you got a you got a cool quip. Well, I do. Say the left hand is safe. Left should be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> the right hand is Michael. Left hand is Gabriel now. So technically, I mean, make a choice either way. As mm. you mumble into your microphone. Hmm. This is a heathen temple. Obviously, the choices are not to go left. Therefore, go left. All right, you go left. Um, if the PCs take the left path, proceed to encounter six. Where's encounter six? This path Should- ends in a closed stone door a few meters later. The door seems to be able to be pushed. Okay, I push the um, 
Yeah, you push at it. Um, it seems like it doesn't. It seems like it wants to move, but won't. Uh, like it might. Something behind it. Uh, more like it's stiff. Uh, the bear. Yeah. I I guess I'll help her push on it. Yeah, you all sort of push on this wall, and it budges and slides away. It seems to pull inwards. Um, this uh, you see inside uh, through this doorway a room. A bare stone room with no furniture other than the familiar flickering torches hidden in the corners and a large stone statue at the centre. The statue uh, is a tall man uh, and seems... uh, Oh, sorry. The statue is as tall as a man. (laughs) Oh, excuse me. The statue is as tall as a man and seems to depict an upright snake. Uh, when your eyes adjust to the dim light, you notice the snake's jaw holds a metal object that glints by the torchlight, an engraved half-disc made of gold. What do you do? Uh, do we take the disc? I think we should look at the thing first, make sure that there's nothing that's going to trigger if you just take the disc. Sure. It's hard to see from uh, the entranceway. You, you will probably need to get closer. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to in, uh, examine the disc, I'm staying behind Maria. So, <laughs> well, I don't mind uh, kind of taking a few steps up there and using perception to see what I see. Brilliant, Robo. And as you step <laughs> into the room, make me a perception check. All right, let me fix this. There we go. All right, perception check. Uh, I got to look at my handy little guide to what all of the cards do. Uh, so perception would be exploration, which is clubs. Perfect. Perfect. Well, this is one when I entered a room, so I don't want to screw this one up. I think I'm gonna uh, gonna play this one hard. I'll use a six and a three on top of my base of three, so I think and that puts me at fourteen. And are they all clubs or twelve? Yes. All clubs. All right, so you draw four cards and you put two of them uh, either back onto the top of the deck or uh, in the Discord pile. Yeah, in the yeah, in the discard pile. Sorry. All right. What uh, what's the value of an ace, by the way? One. One. Okay. It'd be weird if it was two, three, four, five, six, and then eleven. True. True. All right. Uh, so you got like a 14 in total, right? Uh, it'd be a 12, actually. Oh, a 12. Cool. Uh, so uh, the difficulty of this was pretty low. You start to notice that the floor tiles are shifting plates, uh, and there appear to be suspicious slits on the wall. Um, as you as you sort of move, you get like, you start to move into the room and then immediately stop. You're like, mm, don't like the look of that. Right. Well, the room's trapped. Hmm. All right. Well, what do we do with this? Should we try to disarm them or run through? This let's go all the way down the wall. Um, they don't seem to go all the way to the bottom of the wall. No. We're all under. Give that a shot. How how much room do we have? What is it? Uh, if you lay on your belly, you'll probably be able to crawl across the room to the statue pretty easily. After right. you, Miss Maria. <laughs> Why not send the explorer first? 
Well, I have a uh, prejudice against nobles, so. Oh, I see. <laughs> well, I believe that with your set of skills, it'd be best for you to go in this case. There's nothing for me to fight here. My set of skills. Whoever the... He's talking to Dave's character. Oh, yeah. okay. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm not. Uh, so do you crawl across the floor? Yeah, you know what? I'll give it a shot. Yeah, you get you down on that. your belly and you shuffle across as you hear, like, darts being launched from the walls uh, across <laughs> the room. Uh, and they whiz overhead. Uh, and then finally you get to the relative safe space that the uh, snake statue is on. Um, All right. Uh, if the PCs reach the snake without being hit by the darts, be it by crawling or by defeating the trap, uh, the snake now covered in... Yeah, so the, the you see that this the statue is kind of now got lots of the darts embedded into it. The darts appear to be feather-shaped obsidian knives. Uh, and when they hit the snake uh, statue, it makes its body look as if it is covered in feathers. Um, uh and uh, it seems to begin to move. The, the statue moves? Yeah, it seems to move as if it is a living <laughs> being. I begin to crawl back away. You start to crawl backwards? Yep. <laughs> yeah. I, I am okay. going back. Initiative the is dark the traps same. don't I'm going to switch Dave and Jen around. So, Dave, you're just going to try and crawl back? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping these dark traps work in my favor. Yeah, as you're crawling back, the darts are no longer firing. It would appear that you have spent all the darts. I'm going to start running toward Dave. (laughs) So you run towards Dave. What do you do when you get to him? As Uh the big-ass snake thing seems angry. (laughs) (laughs) I ready my weapon. Sure. What do you do? Your weapon is ready. Okay, I guess I back it. All right, let's attack it. Make me that melee check. All right, here we go, guys. Oh, brilliant. Worst card. Um, all right, so if I use my affinity, I get another card back, right? Yes, you get... If it was... If it is your affinity and it aligns to the skill in question, which it should be, because if it's your affinity, it's spades, and spades is the uh, the task. Yep, all right. So, so you get two cards. I get two cards. Yes, and you put one in uh, back into the deck or the discard pile, and you keep the other in your hand. Okay. Yep. Okay. So I'm going to play the four of spades. Mm-hmm. And that adds with six for my melee for a ten, and then you said advantage I have on it is plus plus, so that makes twelve. Plus six, yeah. Plus six. Yeah, three for each plus- one. It's three for each. Oh, okay. They have a thing for threes in this game. Um, Fuck, that art is bad. 16. (laughs) 16, wow, Jesus. Um, uh, Sue? When do we reshuffle? Is it when we run out? I think it's when you run out, you just reshuffle, because I didn't find anything in there that talked about reshuffling the deck. Um, So, let's see here. You're attacking it. All right, so it seems to take damage. You, your sword seems to, like, scrape uh, on it as you hit it, but, you know, it doesn't seem to like that your sword hit it, so it definitely did something. Uh, Dave, what are you doing? Maria has just run forward and seemed to be standing in your protection. 
Okay. Well, then I'm going to let her protect me and move away some more. Cool. So that uh, I'm not doing melee arranged in melee. Yeah, you run back to the door. Yeah. Um, Do you Uh, want to try and attack it? I would like to if I'm able to. Sure, why not? Go for it. All right, fantastic. Uh, Let's see. uh, You know what? I'm going to... You know, I don't have to play things in suit, so... Indeed. I want to make sure I hit this guy. I got got a six of spades and a four of hearts. Sure. Uh, You beat my, like, eight, I think is what I got in total. Perfect. Um, And, yeah. Oh, seven, I think. Yeah. Um, So you... uh, You just fucking... Uh, unload into it, um, and the damage of your thing <laughs> is three, yeah? I believe so, yes. It's yeah. uh, three plus in the description. Your dart seems to smash against its armor, and it hisses at you angrily. Um, you can see that the head uh, of your dart has gouged uh, a part of this statue creature out, uh, but it still lives and continues to move uh, forward. Uh, it is now Mira's go. <laughs> um, I'm going to use my sling against it, which is three concussive, not piercing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes a difference. Um, I pulled a five of spades from my hand, and I have a three in shooting, so that's an eight. It's spades uh, is the uh, thing in question, so you get to draw another card immediately. Um, so, ham and the damage was three as well? Yes. Yeah, so you managed to hit it. Uh, it seems, again, one of the obsidian, like, feathers on it breaks. Uh, but it is still going. Um, and now, it is Micah's turn. Oh, this is going to be fun. What is the priest going to do? Hmm. Uh, let's see here. Don't have a whole lot. I've got two in melee. Play a card. Don't have any shooting. Try and hide. Let you guys deal with it. All right. What are you doing? Uh, against my better judgment, I think I'll try and assist in combat. Sure. So you're going to hit it with your sword? Yep. All right. Make me a melee thing. So what's your base melee skill? Two. And does your what is does your sword have the same stats as uh, Maria's? Uh, yes. It should be just a sword. So three plus. Does it just say three plus, or does it say three plus plus? Oh, it just says sword on my character sheets. According to the weapons, I believe that's sword. Hang on. Sword, melee, piercing, three plus plus. Yeah, cool. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, it uh, you will get plus six to your skill. Okay. Uh, so, what does that put you at? That would put me at, because I have a two, that would put me at eight. Cool. And what card are you going to play, if any? I've uh, got a couple of them. I think I'll play uh, five of clubs. Nice. Uh, so you don't get to draw, but you uh, you do succeed on dealing damage to it, and you do three damage. Again, your sword slams into it and doesn't seem to have too much of an effect, uh, and the creature hisses uh, and goes to bite uh, at you, uh, Sebastian. Uh, so, uh, Jesus, here we go. It's going to try and attack you. Let's see how this works. I am going to draw a card. Are you going to try and counter attack? Yes. 
Now, I'm pretty sure you'll just defend with... I think you'll defend with athletics? Well, that's bad because I can't play any cards. Um, or maybe you defend with the exact same skill. You know what? It would make sense to defend with the exact same skill considering there isn't an actual defense skill. So let's go for that. Okay. And I have a question. Mm-hmm. Can another character like intercede and try to help him? I think so. I think you can also play a card. I is can what... help. Is that what you said? Yeah, I did. Did I cut out for a second? I'm sorry. Are you asking if I'm helping? No, no, no. Mar- 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 I, was ask- was I was I was asking if other characters are able to help with counteractions or if it's only that player. Because I think other characters can, depending on whether it makes sense. And I, c- I would allow it. You guys are in close quarters. Uh, but uh, is anyone else going to assist uh, Sebastian in defending himself from the snake monster? Um, I will. All right, cool. So both of you play cards for Malay. I think you'll just add your card bonus. I'm not 100% um, on that one, Jen. Just add my card bonus to helping I him? I think you add his your card to his, I think. All right. And if it's not the suit that's appropriate to the thing, it just it I just don't draw another card, right? Yeah, you just play it. Um all right, I'll play four hearts. Cool. Uh so that's we're at four. What did you get, Micah? I play a four, if I still have the same bonuses from last time. Mm-hmm. That would I don't think you get your sword bonus. Alright, so then that'd just be a six. Cool. So six plus Jen's four gets you to ten. I get less than ten. And you are defended. Uh, Back to the top of the round. Uh, Dave, what are you doing? All right. Well, I will uh, throw another spear at it. This guy ain't down. Cool. Go for it. All right. Let's see. I'm going to use a three and four of spades. Nice. What does that lead? What does that get you up to in total? Let's see. So three base, three for the weapon, uh, nine, thirteen total. Nice. Uh, you beat me. The thing does. Yes. yes. Uh, it seems to break and crumble uh, into a pile of uh, stone uh, and blood. Of course. Um. Um, uh, and at the pile of the um, mound, uh, in the pile of the of, of earth and stone and blood, is the half golden disc. Um, you guys go back to that room with the three passages. Do you go down the middle or down the right? Well, Mister Priest, if. I remember anything that you have said in the past. You say that your guy, Jesus, sits at the right hand of some father. Yes. So should we go to the right? Yes. Cool. So you guys go down the right path. (laughs) Uh, The right path leads to a stone arch. Uh, Beyond the arch... um, Actually, do you guys want to cross the arch? It's hard to see what's in the room <clears throat> from out here. Do you cross through it? Can I um, do perception because I have 
have eagle eyes, so maybe I could see a little better? Uh, you cannot. It is too... Okay. It's just not a wide enough opening. It's barely wide okay. enough for one of you to walk through. Okay. Um, I'll go. Sure. This chamber of white stone is completely empty, save for bass reliefs of four dragons on the walls. The sun dragon of the east, the storm dragon of the north, the heaven dragon of the west, and the earth dragon of the south. Uh, there are symbols asking visitors to kneel before the four dragons. Seems whoever built this temple worshipped them too. There is also a glint that catches your eye and makes you look up. There's a half disc made of gold dangling from the ceiling some ten meters above you. Uh, did we forget about the gold disc in the other room? No, you picked it up. Okay. Sorry, I must have missed um, that. As you walk into this room, does anyone else come with uh, Maria? I'll, uh, into it? I'll follow behind. Cool. I'll, Anyone else? I'll follow behind him. Sebastian? And yes, I saw your message in the chat. Do you follow? I do. Cool. Uh, as you all step into the room, uh, the door slams shut behind you. The archway seems to collapse a door out of it uh, and seals uh, the room shut. Uh, and as it does, water begins raining from holes in the ceiling. It's raining quite Quickly, I kneel before one of the dragon statues. <sighs> I'll kneel before a different one. Mm-hmm. I I know it's a uh, heatheny there, Sebastian, but um, it it might be better if you survive and just kneel and ask to be forgiven later. So you, uh, so two of them are leaning in front of different, uh, are kneeling in front of di- two different statues. And the other two are, and the two Christians are standing there looking at these two weirdos. What do you mm-hmm. do? I look at the priest. I'm just standing there. There's got to be another way out. <laughs> I don't want to agree with them. Come on, your your religion's all about forgiveness. Shut up! No, it's not. It's also against killing yourself, and not kneeling would be killing yourself. Essentially, the water no. is, the water is already at the. Uh, chest height of the people kneeling and is at waist height of the people standing. Suicide is indeed yes, a mortal sin. However, this would be murdered by contraptions made by heathens. So therefore, I do not die in sin. Um, But you made a conscious choice to die. As you are arguing, the water is rising. I grabbed Sebastian. Let's just do this. (laughs) I'll drag you over and push you down in front of one of them and I'll go back to the other. Nope. Are you going to do it, or are you going to not, Sebastian? Uh, I will will reluctantly do it. As all four of you kneel, um, uh, the dragon's mouths are open, uh, and the water begins to drain uh, through them. Uh, uh, Yeah, so the four of you kneel down, and the water seems to drain away. uh, And above you is dangling the uh, stone, uh, the golden uh, half disc. Right. right. I'll reach, reach up to grab it. Let's get it. Uh, you can't quite reach it on your own, but as you get one of the others to boost you up, you manage to grab the. Uh, I I just lift the tiny female. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I grab the disc. Since she's lifting me. Cool. Uh, so you grab the disc, and now you have the two discs. Do you go to the central chamber? Yeah. Cool. Is the door open? Uh, well, yeah, the door 
uh, as once the water is drained away, the door that you came through opens, and you can backtrack to the uh, to that room with the stairs and the three passages. Having gone down the two side passages, you see the passage in front of the stairs. Uh, the tunnel ahead of the stairs is like the rest of the temple, carved with figures of monsters and people. However, the carvings here tell another story: how the head priest of this temple was buried alive, and alive he would remain, waiting below the stone for centuries. After the PCs have walked about 30 metres down this passage, they reach a stone slab with symbols of a priest, a dragon, and a precious stone. There seems to be no way to move the slab, but as the PCs approach it, they notice a small circular depression at the centre, as if it was missing a disc-shaped piece. Uh, what do you guys do? I assume we have to put these two halves together and stick it in the hole. Uh, they fit the depression perfectly and open the door. Uh, as you enter this new chamber, uh, you see that it is a square room flanked by four sensors in full view. Uh, and so its monstrous carvings are both better illuminated and scarier than the rest of the pyramid. There's a stone slab on the floor, just like the one on the entrance, except this one doesn't slide on its own. There's a small moon-shaped pedestal on a side, and in uh, on uh, on a side, hmm, weird. Uh, an inscription on the slab reads: "When the moon turns red, the priest shall rise to his final death." Hmm. Thoughts, anyone? Uh. So when the moon rises red, uh, it says, uh, "When the moon turns red." The priest shall rise to his final death. Hmm. Is there uh, a moon around anywhere in the room? Yeah, the pedestal to the side is moon-shaped. It's moon-shaped. It probably needs blood. That's what I was thinking. Cool. You want to cut, wa cut my hand and try this? I will let you do it yourself. I'm not going to participate in this sacrilege. Do I don't have a sword. I have a hand knife. you mine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you you cut your hand and bleed onto the thing? Yeah, I guess. Brilliant. So. <laughs> We're banging uh, right through these rooms. You suffer one point of damage. The stones, uh, as your blood covers the stone thing, uh, the, the pedestal, the stone slab on the ground swing, uh, swings open. A thick billowing shadow pouring out of it as if it was a barrel of smoke. The PCs listen uh, as this voice echoes in their heads. Um, I am not going to do that role because I want to finish this adventure quickly. Um, as the cloud of smoke clears, a mummy comes out of the tomb, uh, half crawling and half floating. This is Hahui, the undead. Let me just turn this off. The undead priest that sealed this temple. Uh, and the deal for the servitude of dragons more than 2,000 years ago. He, da, 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 da. he seems uh, to want to attack you. I am not going to make the account encounter that they suggested because that would take too long to resolve. Uh, Micah, if you need to go, that's fine. Okay. Uh, so unfortunately, Micah has to uh, pop off. Um uh, and uh, thank you for playing with us, Micah, and uh, we'll see you another time. Thank you for having me. See you all soon. Later. Uh, Later. So, you guys want to attack this dude? As Can this I try talking to him? 
go for it, but he's charging at you ready to kill Oh, then that's not going to work, so. Um, then I will attack him, yeah. Brilliant. Make me that attack roll. Make me that attack <laughs> Um, all right. Um, what does a joker do? Um, so when you play a joker, you can have a positive or negative consequence added to this roll, uh, either or, uh, and you immediately draw another card. And I get to choose the uh, positive or negative. Yes. Actually, I don't even think it's immediately draw. You immediately play another card. Okay, so if I, I'm going to play the Joker for a mm-hmm. positive consequence, then I'm cool. going to play three of spades. Cool. <coughs> so that's three, six, nine, plus six. Mm-hmm. Draw another card for playing spades. Um, actually, it's affinity, so draw two cards. Uh, and put one uh, in your hand, and the other one either goes to your discard or the top of your deck. Uh, so what's your total? Uh, plus six for your advantages from your sword. Um, nine plus six, so 15. Brilliant. You beat my four or whatever. Uh, and you swing your sword through this shadow. Uh, it wasn't expecting uh, such strange weapons uh, as it cuts through it. Uh, next is Dave. All right. Um, I'm going to, you know, I have a Joker as well. I think I'm going to play him. Cool. So you play Joker. Um, uh, uh, Jen, you, I assume you wanted a positive consequence, right? Yes. Yeah. The the guy seems stunned and confused as this strange material, uh, you, um, you've dragged through him. I don't, I don't think that they had a lot of metal work pre- European contact in um at least not steel. I think they had some bronze. Yeah. Maybe and definitely gold. Oh yeah, gold. But gold is too soft for uh for weaponry. I mean you can make weapons out of it. The Egyptians did. They bad idea. Um I was actually just looking at something of their history and they did not have steel weapons at all. Yeah. They never used them. Uh kinda interesting. Yeah, so you swing your sword and he seems stands there stunned. Uh Dave? You getting a positive? I, I am as well? absolutely using a positive one. Cool. And play your next card. What are we doing? What do we got? Right. What, are we, I, what are our numbers? It's a five, and I used clubs because I have no more spades, sadly. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not good. Did you beat uh, three? Do I beat three? Yeah. Yes. Oh, three. yes. Wonderful. <laughs> uh, I get a uh, 11. Nice. Your dart flies into its eye, and this mummy thing seems angry as it reaches out to grab uh, grab at uh, Maria. Uh, and what do you do? Jaskal? Uh, Jaskari? I'm trying to remember your character's name. Jetziri. Jetziri. There we go. Uh, I'm going to use my sling. Cool. Let's play some cards. Uh, six of <laughs> Clubs plus three, so nine. Nice. Uh, you beat my one. Uh, and deal three damage? Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, as your uh, bolt, uh, your little um, uh, rock. rock, your bullet uh, hits it, uh, it seems to, sn- uh, he seems to snarl in, in kind of a, uh, a powerful, uh, almost like uh, the sound the sound of a, a king who is angry at being shown such disrespect. Uh, Jen, what do you do? Still standing? Yeah, he's still standing. 
I will attack him again. Brilliant. Um, hmm. Yeah, I'll use a five of clubs. Nice. So and that's... with all your bonuses, what does that get you to? So five plus um, plus six plus six. That's how it works. Yep. Uh, no, 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 no. So, so the so the the each positive sign mm -hmm. next to your sword gives you a plus three. Uh, so your yep. sword and has then the, two. The melee number six. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So your skill is six. Cool. So six, and then plus three, plus three. Yeah. So six. So uh, that's so... um, twelve plus five. Oh, damn. Nice. Uh, so you beat my four. Uh, you kill this guy. <laughs> Describe to me what your killing blow looks like. I take my my sword and I swing down upon it and call out that uh, the. Heathens shall not be allowed to use their magic in here, and I just attack it. Nice. Run my sword through it as I. T yeah, you run it through, and it kind of screams, and this, uh, it's, uh, and the the smoke that seems to be making up its body, uh, it's like uh, a wind tunnel coming from your point of attack, just blasting it away, as it turns to uh, nothingness, and here you are, uh, in this uh, temple. Uh, and that's it. There's there's nothing else here. There's some jewelry uh, in the in the tomb, but that's it. There's no giant polished stone. There's nothing. What do you guys do? Yes. Obviously missed something. Should be here. And yet right? it is not. Um. There is no trick to this. There is no hidden compartments. There's nothing. It's just. This is it. This is the t this is the temple. You've you killed the guy, and there's nothing here. There's some I, jewelry, and and that's it. I I look I look over to the um the priest, mm. and I say to him, I was like, want to bet it's back in the town? Mm, yes, those untrustworthy natives. He he <laughs> seems to he seems to think he just says those untrustworthy villagers. I am I'm betting that they send everyone here. To their demise, expecting them not to come back. Well, he did say that those not worthy would die, and I guess those who are not worthy die in the temple. It certainly was a dangerous temple. Stuff. Do you guys storm back up the way you came to leave this trap? I kind of look around a little bit. I gather up the jewels. Yeah, yeah. there's, there's nothing more to be gained from here, it would seem. Okay. All right, well, let's head back out then. As you trek back out of the temple, you come to the top and you see uh, at the top of the pyramid, uh, there's something at the entrance, something that wasn't there before. A pedestal has risen uh, at the platform just outside the temple entrance, past the, mechanical gore, uh, past the mechanical door with the time disc. And on the pedestal, there is an oval-shaped stone shining under the rays of the afternoon sun. The I stone is a... Hmm? Sorry, go ahead. Go, yeah, the stone is about the size of a large gourd. Uh, you walk up towards it? Yeah, I walk up towards it. I put my hand on it and I say, it's okay, little one. You can come out. <laughs> uh, very uh, gently, like very maternally. Nothing seems to happen, but you do feel a slight warmth to it. It's uh, the warmth of life as opposed to the warmth of fire. Um, but it's at this point that you notice you are surrounded uh, 
by the Spanish forces, surrounded in that the Spanish forces are in the area. They're not like directly around you and they somehow and you somehow miss them as you came out of the temple. But you can <laughs> see them in the distance coming out of the jungle, uh, fighting through the village. Uh, and you also can see, I'm pretty sure you can see well, I have um, eagle eyes, so. Bark. Yeah. You can also see, actually, is that? Yeah, that's Bark. B-A-Q-U-E. That's Bark, right? Yeah, yeah. You also see Bark, who is familiar to you. Um, really? Mm-hmm. You've definitely seen Bark before. Uh, when was this? Bark is the dragon uh, owned uh, by uh, Lorenzo de Medina and ridden by his dragon rider La. Gaditana. Uh, Buck is a massive black dragon, I'm pretty sure. Definitely dark colored uh, dragon. Okay. Uh, well, I I guess I'll pick up the thing and try to shield it the best I can. What's your athletics? Athletics is a one. Uh, cool. You can't lift it on your own. Let me see. I can't pull a card to see if I can... No, you won't be able to lift it on your own. Okay. My athletics is a two. Mine cool. is three. Right. So you reckon that together, all four of you could probably lift this thing. Um, uh, it's a good thing that you brought carrying stuff. Yes. Uh, so you, you grab the stone and you scoop it up. And now you've got to find a way out of here. Uh, and to be honest, I think we'll leave it there. I think we'll call that the end of this scenario. Uh, so chapter three is how do you escape from the Spanish forces? And that can be really short or it can be really long, depending on what you decide to do. Uh, but either way, we're going to end it here. You guys have found the codal uh, stone. Uh, and so uh, if anyone needs to head off quickly, that's fine. Uh, but otherwise, I wanted to talk about the game. Okay. I'll um, stick around for a little bit for that. Right. I can stick around. Uh, so obviously we rushed through the adventure a little bit towards the end, but for the most part, the pacing was the same uh, as the game uh, had intended. Uh, I'm really glad that you avoid those beginning uh, uh, fights. Um, it's a, an interesting thing about um, the interaction with the guy from the town uh, is that mm -hmm. if you if you tell him outright that you are there to plunder the uh, temple, he will help you oh. because he his people are tired of doing this task generation after generation. They'll do the task because <laughs> it's what they're there to do, but they want that to be over. They want to be able to move on and do something else. So I they thought... won't stop you from going to the temple. I and figure actively... with my trait of careful, I wouldn't, just outright blurt what I'm planning on doing. Yeah, no, indeed, yeah. it makes sense. But it's an interesting non-intuitive thing. These people yeah. actually want you to ransack the place and be <laughs> successful. Um, so there's a few things that, uh, that they have at the back of this uh, book. Um, they apparently have a Discord where we could, if we were having trouble with something, we could have talked to people, but like that's not very useful for doing an actual play. Um, they have a thing where the Google Doc where we can suggest typos and stuff. So if anybody wants to go through and do that, I encourage you 
um, to get on and help them with that if you feel like that would be a thing you would enjoy. Um, there's a apparently a Google Doc about the documents. Uh, and then there's a thing where we can submit our results, I believe. Your actions will shape the universe. Stage four campaign results. The Jewel of the Crown of the Dragon Conqueror of America, blah, blah, blah. As you may read elsewhere, you want to create a living, breathing setting uh, for your choices as transported to future books. Um, this initiative starts right now with episode zero. The Codal Stone. Send us your uh, results to tip the power balance between the natives and the Spaniards so we can submit our results. Um, would you guys have just tried to have get, gotten away? You, would you have tried to fight the Spaniards? Oh, I'm not trying to fight them. No, yeah, I'm not trying to They have that. a whole freaking dragon. Yeah, yeah, cool. So I will submit the the players snuck away from the dragon as our results. Um, but let's talk about feedback. We talked a little bit about this before we started recording, and I mentioned some of it during the game. Um, I'll go first, and then I'll get you guys to uh, expand on stuff that I said. Um, so I didn't have a problem with any of the sp- with any of the spelling. I noticed like spelling uh, grammatical errors and things like that occasionally in the book, but I didn't feel like they made it that much harder to understand. Um, other people may vary, um, but I, I didn't feel like the game uh, was harder to uh, understand because it had been translated from another language, which is a thing that I've had with other games that have been translated in the past, but normally that's like tabletop role-playing games. A thing that I did have trouble with is that this game is slightly closer to being... This game is very much in the bracket of too mechanically complex for my tastes. Um, And also... uh, And part of that was reflected in the way the book was written because there were so many things that the book wanted to reference and so many things I needed to understand in how to uh, get to just getting through the basic mechanic um, that meant that I couldn't absorb all the basic mechanic at once. Like I didn't even fully understand how combat worked and I've read the book three times now. Yeah. Um, uh, But I think that this game is probably going for mechanical complexity. That's just not a thing that I'm into. It makes games harder to uh, keep in your head and it means you have to reference stuff. Um, and it's just not a thing that I want to do. I really want a simple mechanic, and there's the potential for a simple mechanic here. Like, the cards thing is not a bad choice. I'm down for that. I just think that here they tried to put too much stuff. Like, the Joker cards, I really feel you could ignore the Joker card mechanic uh, and have no Jokers in your deck, and the game would play fine. Um... Uh, other things that were hard to understand, I p- mentioned in the recording that the gear section isn't explained properly. It gives you the tags for what certain words mean, like magical and piercing, but it doesn't explain how the layouts for the weapon profiles on the character sheets work. It doesn't explain what that numeral three and then those positives mean. We had to kind of interpret based on other knowledge from the book, but it never expressly explained that. And I think that you could have just done that with like a layout thing. Like you could have just uh, had columns that said damage. And then that's the damage and then uh, advantages and then advantages. Um, But instead it just sort of is a continuous line. And it's like, I don't understand what this means. Three plus plus. What does, what does that mean? 
Um, and it and it looks like the three and the two positives are linked to one another. There's no space between them. They those characters just follow on right after one another. So that's a layout issue. In terms of this scenario design, though, I really liked the way the scenario is written up because it's really easy to follow. Like I only read over that scenario once. Um, so that I had a passing familiarity with it. I didn't need to memorize huge paragraphs of stuff. Um, it didn't have complicated choices. Like the bit at the beginning, when you describe the, uh, describe the town, uh, describe the, the village that you see from the hill, it then says either the players try to sneak around or the players openly walk into the village. Either way, they encounter a bunch of people. If they fight the people, if they win, this thing happens. If they lose, this thing happens. But it doesn't talk about how they can win, how they can sneak around, or, uh, or, uh, or the way in which the enemy will fight. It just says, here's the enemy, do with them what you want. And it lets the players decide the ways to sneak around. Um, it doesn't detail the best ways to sneak around because you don't need that from the scenario design. You only really need to know how the enemy is going to react to certain outcomes. Uh, so I really like that. And obviously the, the way the scenario is laid out isn't going to be a thing that the players can super uh, talk about. Um, but that was a part that I really liked. Um, thoughts from you guys? Um, I... I found, as far as the way we were interpreting the combat, I found it to be really easy on my end. Mm-hmm. Very easy to effectively do a lot of damage really quickly. And I don't know if that's not us, us not understanding the mechanic correctly, which is a problem we have, because it's not clearly explained on the character sheets. Yeah, I wasn't super clear on how to defend um, from attack. And there's a bit that kind of talks... There's a bit that talks about that in the book, but it's hard to follow... There were some words that were used in translation that are difficult. Like, for example, there's a thing called... Um, what is it called again? There's a thing called a confrontation. And in the book, it in the, as far as I read, a confrontation is a time-sensitive event. But if I, when I had to guess what a confrontation was, I thought that was when a player was a, a, affecting an NPC. But that's not what it seems to be. It seems to be... Um, them being a time uh, against a time sensitive event, but that might have just been a failure of language there. Um, but I mean, yeah, there was one fight where you guys did. So we we assume that your weapons were doing three damage. Talking to Jen's point of maybe she you felt like you were doing a lot of damage. Um, yeah, your sword. We thought that your sword did three damage. There was an enemy there that had two armor, um, and so you guys just consistently did one point. Uh, that was the snake. Yeah. I see. So yeah, it was the, uh, chewing through that, chewing through your attacks, but the the damage it, that seems kind of confusing. You know, now that you mention it, you know, all the weapons seeming to do three damage. It's it almost feels like there's a piece of missing information there with with how much damage the weapon's supposed to be doing. Mm. Yeah, because my sling shouldn't be doing the same as Maria pulling sixteen and swinging a sword. Mm. It's an interesting yeah. criticism. Like I, I, I'm fairly new to tabletop, so I, I don't have much to compare it on. I've played a couple D and D campaigns and a couple Pathfinder, but I, in other campaigns, slings and 
pebbles did not do as much damage as a sword swung by a warrior. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could just be that we, you know, we missed the information or something like that. But you said you read over the book three times, so maybe it's just completely not there, you know. Um, we're missing something. Yeah, you but. also said that you were confused that they hadn't included the Mesoamerican stuff. Yeah, like, um, it seemed like religion was going to play a bigger part in this from how the rule book was written, because there was like a whole two or three pages on the Catholic or Christian one. And then you get to the Mesoamerica part, and it's like, it'll be updated. We don't yeah. have it yet. And I'm kind of like, okay, well, two out of the four are Mesoamerican religion. Yeah, two out of the four <laughs> NPCs are Mesoamerican. We kind of need it. It definitely feels like uh, it would. I feel like it would have been better if they'd said this is some generalist stuff that we've got in mind about the Mesoamerican part, but we don't. This is going to need to be heavily expanded and heavily revised when the game comes. But it should have had something other than this isn't done yet. Yeah. Like, because the whole book isn't done yet, so that proviso should be stamped on everything. I also like the cards instead of the dice, because dice hate me. They really, really do. <laughs> yes, and something that I really like about the cards means that you can kind of plan an adventure, yeah, a, yeah. a interaction more, because you can see, you can decide on whether to push yourself hard or or, or, or not. Well, like yeah, when we were in when we were interacting with the elder, I thought it was very important that we get this right. So I played my highest heart because it's like, well, if we if I screw this up, it could mean death for us. Yeah. So. You can. <laughs> there's, still that, there's still that randomness because you don't know what the difficulty is, but it means mm -hmm. that um, you can put your best foot forward for things, and you yeah. can choose to do lazily in others. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like uh, I, I ended up going kind of heavy on the, the combat cards earlier and then we get to our last little encounter and I've got nothing to play for uh, the combat cards. So I kind of ended up screwing myself a little bit in a way uh, by not having the appropriate cards and going heavy when I didn't need to. Like I think on the, the snake, you know, what it, you've got a one on my turn and I had 13, mm, something definitely. like that. Yeah, yeah, that's. Yeah. I I have a little problem with like that though. Like, I don't see how like if if someone gets a thirteen, how they're only doing one. Like, I mean, when you roll dice, there's a crit, oh, and you do extra about damage. We didn't forget about the criticals. I included those. Oh, okay. I just didn't I... always state them. Sometimes it was really narrow, and other times it didn't matter. Um, but I definitely didn't do. I probably could have done a bit more with it. I would agree there. Um, but. Yeah, I, I feel like overall a lot of this they've they've got a lot of complicated ways for the cards to interact, and obviously it's a bit late in the game uh, in the design process to change that. But I just it doesn't appeal to me personally as a player. Like I want stuff that is as a player or a GM, I want stuff that is really mechanically simple, uh, and is I really only want one mechanic, um, which I mean this does. Uh, basically have one mechanic it's just that that one mechanic is so complicated and involved uh and there's so much to it and i'm just i'm not into it i also feel like infinite uh, affinity was not nearly as big a part of the game as maybe it should be like the suits of the cards um like you're playing with decks that have suits 
Um, but it doesn't really matter. You get to draw an extra card, maybe. But like, it doesn't have. A, I feel like the suits should probably play into that more. I'd even go so far as to say, um, you know, you. I probably would have done it differently in that, like, if you play a card out of suit for a skill, you, it, it, it's not as effective. It's kind of a clumsy attempt, as opposed to you're proficient at this. Yeah, um, mm. but. Uh, I just feel like the suits of the cards, you could ignore the suits altogether and the game would still play about the same. Uh, And just like you can ignore the Joker cards and the game would play the same. I do like the pacing, though. hmm. It it did seem, at least, you know, my perspective of of playing it, it it seemed like, um, I'm trying to think of the way to put it, but it's, it's like I was starting to run low on cards because I did have cards that I could play that either matched my action or you know matched my affinity so I could build some cards back up. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, so I it, it, it did kind of feel like it had a bit, but it I, I kind of agree with you too that you know it wasn't everything. Mm-hmm. You know, anyway, like I didn't feel like I had to. Well, I think that the setting of this game has some interesting stuff, but I think the tone that it's going for it feels like they've kind of going halfway, right? So, like, the game has the prejudices thing, which we didn't do a lot with because you guys were kind of already role-playing your prejudices, so I didn't feel the need to compel them. <laughs> but, like, they've set it in this historical time, a kind of an exploitative time uh, setting, to be honest, um, and they've gone, well, we're not going to sh- ignore that fact. We're going to give... Uh, we're going to talk about the prejudice and stuff. But it's still like this... It still feels the way the game is written, like this kind of swashbuckling-y kind of let's go have adventures in the new world kind of deal. And it's like, these these, these people are being murdered and it's just, I, f- I feel uncomfortable with it historically. And I feel like they could have made, I feel like um, they are not making as strong a point as they could by having this setting. But I, I mean, they, they could have just done nothing, to be honest. They could have just gone, yeah, you're playing as playing in this swashbuckling time and just ignored it and just... Uh, so, I mean, props that- to them for at least trying to do something um, about that exploitative nature of their setting. That may come later, like, because this part seems to be all about getting, like, this stone, which I'm guessing is probably a dragon egg or something. Yeah, it's a dragon's egg. So, I mean, this this episode zero is about getting the dragon egg and probably later ones are going to have you make the decision, do you side with the conquistadors or do you side with the natives? I mean, that's basically the choice at the end of this scenario. You can go down and be like, oh no, we were getting the stone for you, Demodina. Um, or you can um, or you can try and defend the natives or you can just leave. Um, but yeah. Anyway, I think that that's probably a bit uh, enough about uh, the game. How did you guys, did you guys enjoy your time today? Yeah, I had fun with it. Yeah. yeah, definitely. It's uh, right. kind of a neat story. Yeah, if you guys want to find out more about this game, you can go check it out on uh, Kickstarter. Uh, they should be up on Kickstarter right now. I'm not 100% sure on when this recording is going to be coming out, but uh, um, uh, you should, if you're watching the video on YouTube, then you can uh, you can head straight over to uh, to their Kickstarter. I'll try and put a link to that in the description. Um did anyone have anything else they wanted to mention? Uh, where can, does, can I, does, yeah, Jen? Can I plug my store? 
Go for it. Plug your store. <laughs> so uh, I run a store. Uh, I do gaming and dice jewelry. It's called Eclectic Eccentricities. It's on Etsy at Ecky Rose is the shop name. E C C E R O S E. So and we'll try to put a we'll try to put a link to that in the description as well. Um, but other than that, um, farewell from the past. I'm Raymond. <laughs>